0: This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen.
1: I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the radio program, Warning. Today I have my friend, Apostle Don Beasley, out of Dixon, Illinois, uh, on with me. He's the pastor of Turning Point City Church. Again, Dixon, Illinois. So if you're in that area, pay him a visit. I think you're going to enjoy his church. Don, welcome back to the Warning Radio Program.
2: Good morning. Glad
1: to be back. Well, thank you. We're going to talk. Last time we left off a few weeks ago, I said I'd have you back, and we would uh, carry on a conversation uh, on the Book of Judges, Tower of Babel. I remember at that time, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And uh, it was a dangerous time. Uh, Don, would you like to elaborate on that a little bit?
2: Um, Yeah, you know, that's what it says. It says everybody did what was right in their own eyes or what they saw fit, you know? And um, the Tower of Babel and, and this time here are very important to our times. Uh, many uh, people that teach the Bible, they don't pay much attention to these stories in the Bible. They like they're Old Testament and they're gone and they focus on the New Testament and and stretch out grace and mercy forever and as if God doesn't do these things anymore. But what's really interesting... Is that in the book of Judges you have this pattern that runs through the book of Judges? God says Israel is my people, and so he he calls you know he has this people that are his, all the people are his people but they're just constantly on sin. So um, what's going on here is they keep falling away from the Lord and they fall away for the very same thing they worship idols, and that that's the thing that I I don't know that we are very that we understand idols, you know, and then you have the whole idea in the Ten Commandments, you know, that God says don't make any graven image to bow down to it, to worship it. And uh, the reality is an idol is any created thing. We can either worship the creator or created things. That's right. And so the create to worship the creator, he's given us, you know, a real straightforward, uh, rules of how to do that he gets to set the boundaries for that we don't get to do it and so what we do we even carve out religions and they're nothing more a lot of religion is nothing more than a man-made idol it's a box that we create that we tell god he has to get into and he's not in any of our boxes and that's really kind of sad though because it's 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 so true because what ends up happening is is that every single time in these patterns when they would do this uh they would come under, God would allow them to come under the hands of foreign oppressors. And then he would raise up judges who would save them from their enemies. And as long as the judge lived, the people would serve God. But as soon as he died, they would, you know, leave God and go back to their old ways. You know, and so the concept, that's the concept in the Bible of backsliding. And what's really interesting in the New Testament, which we don't really pay attention to very much, is that God said, he would solve this problem by writing his word on our heart, not that's... on paper anymore. And he would give us a conscience and that conscience would be connected to his word written on our heart. And that's what it really means to be born again. And why the scripture so emphasizes the renewing of our minds uh, is because we are prone to this backsliding, going back to these ways and and then serving idols. Uh, you know, and then we come under incredible suffering when we do that. We're we're seeing it beginning to happen right now. Suffering, like we're, untold sufferings, beginning to happen in our own country because we're doing this exact thing. We're throwing God out, and then going after the idols that we want to to have or to serve.
1: Well, you're exactly right. I believe that most people don't seem to. Understand, but a uh, watchman' knee. Uh, you've heard me say that we're still in right. in our college on uh, applied hermeneutics. But uh, the textbook is the ministry of God's Word, and uh, people don't seem to realize that the Old Testament was established, so they did not go over what was already established in the New Testament, but they took it for granted that you understood those principles. And in the Old Testament, God's character, God's values, God's morality system, grace, all of it is already established in the Old Testament. So they did not have to be repetitive. And how in the world did we get to this this polluted state of theology where we discontinue with half of the Bible that establishes who God is? We throw it out. And, and and we right. say what's wrong with the gospel? It's what is wrong with the ministers behind the pulpit preaching the gospel.
2: Right. It's you know it are, because it really comes down to us one of the idols we have today is the is these you know we want to be uh, like popular culture icons, and they, we really set ourselves up to be worshipped. We don't want to we don't want to bring the hard things because people won't you know they won't like you or they won't do you know whatever and so that that's really what drives it but in this in second corinthians ten five, it says there that we demolish the arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of god and take every thought captive to the obedience of christ that's the only that that is the formula in the new testament that is the overriding i mean it, it's it, it's how you break this pattern of the old testament but if you ignore that which is what we intend doing. doing. We don't, I mean, no one's demolishing arguments and pretensions that sets them up against the knowledge of God. We just allow that stuff to go on because we're actually doing, it's it's getting over into what the, the Tower of Babel does. We're trying to create a system without God in it. We're going to be our own God, and um, we're in the middle of that. But I think what I find very interesting, you know, is in the Garden of Eden they had two choices to to obey God or disobey him. And that was the first Adam. The last Adam, Jesus, is in another garden called the Garden of Gethsemane, and he has two choices. He can obey God or disobey him. And he chooses to obey him and go to the cross. And today we live in a garden called life, and we have two choices, to obey God or disobey him. But the problem today is we've let the opinion of options cloud the reality that you only have two choices, creator are created things, and uh, there's a lot of worship of created stuff—from houses to cars to bank accounts—you uh, name it. And those are not they nothing wrong with them in themselves, as long as creators first. But if you get the created and the creator out of order, and then you try to get the creator to bless your worship of creation, it's never going to happen. Uh, he's never going to do that for us. I don't know why we think we can get him to do it, but we
0: try.
1: Well, it it goes right back into, if you want to say, even as far back into the garden, uh, man making God in his image. You know, Lucifer going ahead right. and attempting Eve. God really did not mean that. Uh, you'll be like God. And man tries to create God in his image to this very day. I mean, right. uh, frankly, Marxism in the Democrats, communism in America. I wrote an article on that February 2020, that very title, and that is what's going on right now. They're trying to create their own God. Um, right. Socialism, Marxism, their own God. What, what is just so, I, I find it so repugnant, is uh, Biden is involved with a National Day of Prayer. What God is he praying for? I mean, and two, what's he doing? Right. He, he, he's coming against everything holy in the Bible.
2: Right, but then, but then, but then the people who do that still invite them to come be a part of it.
1: This is what I'm saying. This right. is this is the sickness of it. Don is the pastor behind the pulpit is so dysfunctional, so sick.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's a. Well, I think what's really interesting is when you go to in the in the book of Samuel and God. Samuel's an interesting guy. He's the last judge, you know. and the people are crying out for a king, and he's telling them, no, that's not God's way or whatever. And in First Samuel 8, the Lord says, listen to all the people are saying to you, it's not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. They were crying out for a king like the people around them have because they were rejecting God as their king. That's right. He, he was their king, but they rejected it. so." God said that they've done this from the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. He says, Now listen to them. And this is what's very interesting. We, we missed this part. He says, Listen to them and warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will do. Because the only way you can have a man king over you is if you you have to. It's It's kind of like what. Happened when Moses goes up on the mountain and God comes and gives God speaks the Ten Commandments to all the people off the mountain and It freaks them out. He said he spoke it in 70 languages and they freaked out and said tell God never do that again You go up there and talk to him. Whatever you say will do And that's that's what God wants to have this relationship with people on a first-person basis and because we don't we really don't want to meet God face to face we want to meet him on our own terms. So we tell other people, you go get a word from God and whatever you tell me, I'll do. And then we have people who are in the pulpits that are perfectly okay with that. I will be the person who gets the word of God from you rather than say, no, you need to get that word for yourself. And you need to live before God on a first-person basis, not you know through, a, a, through an intermediary, a king, a prophet, apostle, or any other thing. Because the the, the fivefold ministry is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, not do the work of the ministry for them.
1: That's exactly right.
2: And so, and, but we just you know we have all these things, and we and you know men, we don't like to admit it, but men, you know, we we do like people to look up to us and to give us praise and pat us on the back and tell us how incredibly great we are. And uh, it's just it's a disease that we have. Um, it kind of reminds you that. Today, people are asking the very same question, what is truth? And uh, and then they ask that question, and then they, they're encouraging people, speak your truth. And then they declare that all truth is equal. And then they go to far as to declare that, that, that all truth is God's truth, which is the foundation of universalism. I remember one day I was having a conversation with a man who was going to a doctoral program at a Christian college near me, and I won't name the college, but... Uh, because I don't know if what he said was actually true and not about the college, but he said it to me. He was going there to be a to get a he was getting a doctorate degree in Christian counseling. And he says that we, we believe that all truth is God's truth. And so I remember we were sitting at a thing and, and I asked him, Well, what exactly does that mean? And so he starts trying to tell me that anything that works, anything that's functional, anything that's productive, anything that's whatever, then that's the truth and that's God God owns all truth. And I go, okay, well, let me ask you a couple questions. I said, abortion works. Is that God's truth? I said, it'll end the pregnancy. I mean, it works. Its intended purpose is to stop a pregnancy. So that's the truth. Is that God's truth too? And he was kind of, and I asked him four or five more questions about things that we do in our culture that you, by your definition, you would say those are God's truth. And I'm telling you they're not truth at all. And that's the most erroneous statement that I've ever heard in my entire life. I think it's the epitome of ignorance to say that all truth is God's truth without defining what is truth. Yeah, Because truth is not just whatever works. I can go kill all of my enemies, and that actually works. I get rid of all of my enemies, but it's not truth. The truth is I'm a murderer. Yeah, And, and you know, that whole thing, so... Today, we're seeing the results of this nonsense. We can't even identify the sexes that God created, and then we give ourselves over to vain imaginations, and we invent ways of doing evil that draws out the promised judgment of God, and then we turn around and blame God for being a cruel, unjust bully who demands to be worshiped by his subjects. It, it's, 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 it's kind of classic insanity. But it is the classic question of Jeremiah 2, where he says, as a nation ever changes God's, yet... They're not gods at all. He's saying they're, the gods you're putting up there are idols, but my people have exchanged their glory for worthless idols. And he said, Be appalled at this, O heavens, and shudder with great horror. And he said, We've committed two sins. We forsake the springs of living water and dig cisterns, broken cisterns that can't hold water. And so, They were doing it then and we're doing it now. We're building, we build out these systems instead of just coming to God as a living stream. We talked about last out of our bellies will flow this ladder rain, this water from God and let it flow up out of us with the the truth and the power of the Holy Spirit. We create these systems like cisterns. We hew them out and then we put, we have revivals and we put the water level that we want in there. And so we try to maintain this water level. That's how much of God I want. That to me is religion. That to me is spirituality. That to me is this or that or whatever. And God is saying that those are actually worthless. But that's what we've done in America. We've, ex- we've exchanged that in Romans, outlines how it happens. In verse one eighteen. 18, it says, that those who knew the truth, this is what people mistake about Romans 1. Romans 1 is speaking to people who know the truth about God. We, we jump right down to homosexuality, but it's not where it starts. It starts with the people who know the truth intentionally suppress the truth, uses that word suppress the truth. And then in verse 25, it says they exchange the truth for a lie that they have created. And then in verse 2-8, it says they vehemently reject the truth, inventing ways of doing evil and, and uh, give accreditation to people who do it with them. And and that's kind of right where we are today in that whole in this whole concept of this whole thing, everybody's doing what's right in their own eyes. And the way you do that is you have to reject God to get there. Um otherwise God speaks to it. And so that's what we're in today, the systematic removal of God. And that leads over to what's happening at the Tower of Babel and why that's so important. And what's very, very important, I think, at the Tower of Babel is that what it was when they dug them up, they never found this huge tower leading up to heaven anywhere. But what they find is these pyramid type structures called ziggurats everywhere. And that, you know, is really kind of interesting because that ziggurat, what that really did is it was, a, um, it had pagan roots and they were built to the patron deity of the land. And today we see the climate worshipers that we see going on all the time. And, uh, you know, we see this whole new thing that's going on—that's new green deal, save ourselves, save our climate, save this, save that. Like God can't do it, so we got to do it. Uh, this whole thing, and then you see these pyramid-like structures all over the world. And what happened is, as God came down and saw what the people were doing, and He, He uh, said, if they, He said, if they could commi- continue to communicate with each other, nothing will be impossible. They'll be—they'll actually be able to do this what they're trying to do. They'll, 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 take, they'll turn all the people away from me and be, you know, do whatever they're going to do. So he come down and he confused their language so they couldn't uh, communicate. But what's really interesting, when you read the passage of Genesis 11, Genesis 11, they already knew that God said, spread all over the earth. But they said, we don't want to. And what they said, they said, he said, come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to heaven so that we can make a name for ourselves and not be scattered all over the whole earth. And then the Lord came down and he uh, confused their languages so they couldn't be able to communicate with each other, and that stopped the building of the city. And uh, I, I find it, it's kind of like that was the first baptism of the Holy Spirit, except it was the opposite. It came and took one language and made a many, And it divided up this man-made plan that was against God. And so Today, we don't know the coordinates of Bab- Babel, but we believe that it's probably in Babylon, which is modern Iraq. And there's no wonder that the Bible talks so badly about Babylon when we go to into Revelation, because it represents what man builds to replace God. And even to this day, if somebody calls you a Nimrod, that's not a compliment. <laughs> a, it, you know, when you're called the Nimrod, it means you're like brainless.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, and even a lot worse than that.
2: Right. And, and and the interesting thing is, what we don't understand in America and in the church today, Nimrod was the great-grandson of Noah, only two generations from the flood. And they already started this stuff again, trying yeah. to raise themselves up above God or whatever. So it's really, a, it's plain and simple, an act of complete rebellion against God. We're going to throw God out, and we're going to create our own way, we're going to be our own God. And Samuel called that rebellion witchcraft or sorcery. Um, And so we have that whole thing, you know, uh, going on in our culture. And the whole reason that Nimrod, according to uh, Josephus, the historian, he said Babel was created to withstand another worldwide flood so that they could uh, stand without God. And forgotten the, the whole purpose of the flood in the first place, the whole purpose of the judgment of God was because of the vast wickedness and depravity of man, and today we we're kind of like they are we we're, we just say that God's mercy has no limits, and we can just do whatever we want to do and don't realize people have a very difficult time today, Christian people especially looking at what's going on in our world and thinking that we're under some kind of judgment because they just can't bring themselves to that to that ideology that God would actually judge us his people
1: yeah and it's it's they have been so if we want to say blinded by their own selfishness, they come under a spirit of receivableness so they can believe a lie I mean Nimrod from right. an ancestral relationship right even even well, the very it, name one of total immorality
2: right I mean his whole thing was is he tried to equate himself to God, which is the ancient lie again that goes back to the Garden of Eden you can be your own God do your own thing and then we always set out to prevent or the works of God and create our own version of salvation to become our own saviors and our own and that's what people are talking about today this whole thing is everything you hear about this stuff is we're going to create this utopia we're going to create our own salvation. we're going to live forever we don't need God we are God um, even even during the pandemic. You heard Andrew Cuomo say, God didn't do that. We did. I mean, he said that out loud on television. I almost fell out of my chair when I heard it. The yeah. arrogance is unbelievable yeah,
1: to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he's another Nimrod, if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine into them. I tell you, Don, I wrote an article, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents, five-part article, four pages apiece, and it started off January 21, 2009. You get into Hosea 8, 4. They have set up kings, but not by me. They have made princesses. I knew it not. Of their silver and their gold have they made idols that they may be cut off. And throughout the totality of the Bible, the contextual message is that God allows humans to choose whom they will serve. Jesus Christ does not force anyone to follow or obey him. Right. He does not approve of the behavior of leaders who are liars, adulterers, whoremongers, drunkards, thieves, tribalistics, racists, serving other gods, abortionists, homosexuals, lesbians, agnostics, atheists, narcissists, but, and he will bring judgment upon them and the countries they rule. But I'll tell you what, uh, you know, Marxism and the Democrats today, communism in America, uh, we will do it our way. Uh, we want to serve our God, so to speak. Uh, big government is your God. And people, you know, they don't want to go off welfare. They want to uh, renege their responsibility to get a free handout by big government.
2: Right. Exactly. It's a. Uh... It's really, uh, it's kind of amazing, really. As you see, you know that you just, see, I keep talking to people and hearing people today, you know, and they just, they, they don't even realize they, they go, they got, they got. Well, the government's taking care of us. They sent us out this, you know, supplemental check, you know, whatever. And they go, if you talk, go talk to an accountant and ask the accountant how much that's going to cost your children to pay that fourteen hundred dollars back they gave you. It's like fifty eight hundred dollars per person to pay it back. Yeah. Um, because the government don't have any money to give you unless they take it away from you or print it.
1: And that's exactly
2: have no concept of the taxation, which is exactly what when when God was talking to Samuel, that's exactly what he said a king is going to do. He says you're not going to get relieved of the 10 percent you owe me, but he's going to add 10 percent or more to take out of your part to have a king.
1: And that's exactly that's exactly what Biden is doing. He's transforming the wealth, taking it away from those that have been under God, working hard, giving it to those that uh, don't want to work. Many people that are not under the laws of God, the, the values of God that blesses them. And uh, we are in a communist takeover. They're preparing us. They want to prepare us for the new world order. Ladies and gentlemen, right. you've been listening to the Warning Radio Program special guest, Apostle... Don Beasley. Again, he comes from the City Church, uh, Turning Point, Dixon, Illinois. If you're in the area, attend his church. May God richly bless you. I'll see you tomorrow.